0: Going on there, youth pastors. Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject dot and your host of the Youth Ministry of Motion Podcast, a podcast that wants to keep you motivated in your youth ministry moving forward. Hope you are well today. It is the week of Thanksgiving, and this is a weird episode to have the 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 week before Thanksgiving, um, just because it's it doesn't fit any kind of Thanksgiving mode or motif. It's simply an interview that I did with Dave Hootke from Lead 222, and uh, where we talk about his findings from a youth pastor survey uh, that he did about why youth pastors are unhappy about their churches. And when, there's really no good place to kind of plop this. And I really didn't want to keep it uh, until next year. I said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and release it now. But I am thinking about doing maybe a little bonus episode, maybe on Tuesday, uh, and get that out to you to give you more of a, uh, a vibe, <laughs> a Thanksgiving vibe. Uh, um, thinking about how to deal with unthankful people. And so uh, if that is of interest to you, be sure to tune in on Tuesday when I will drop that. Now, both Dave and I have uh, coaching services. You'll hear him mention that. You won't hear me mention that, but I am going to put the both links in the show notes. And so if you're interested in coaching for uh, 2023, whether it is a uh, community coaching or you are interested in one-on-one coaching, uh, I highly recommend either of those, uh, because I believe coaching makes you better. Uh, it gives you accountability. It gives you a place to share your ideas. And uh, as the scripture says, iron sharpens iron. So if you're looking for that kind of relationship, both Lead 222 and myself offer those kinds of services. All right, this is a longer episode, so I'll get right to it. And let's go ahead and jump into my interview with David Hootkey from Lead 222 And here we are with Dave Kutke. Kutke. I love that name. I, 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 we were discussing that earlier, Dave, and uh, I almost, no, I didn't. I was not even close. Uh, I probably pronounced it the way <laughs> most people want to pronounce it, yeah. but I was, I was not even close. Okay. Right.
1: It looks like Chautka, but yeah, uh, somehow it's pronounced Kutke. I, I don't know. My parents told me that. I've been going with it.
0: That's said Go with it, right? Do, 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 obey your parents. That's the best rule of thumb there. Uh, but Dave, you are here with us from Lead 222, and I'd like to hear, and I, I think some of our guests would like to hear as well, uh, a little bit of your youth ministry origin story. How uh, how did we get to youth ministry?
1: Yeah, well, you know, going back, uh came to Christ when I was 10 years old. Actually, my mom was a Jehovah's Witness, and uh, my dad grew up Catholic, and so when they got married, they you know, it was not quite growing up in the church. So right. uh, but my mom came to Christ and I saw her have a passion for God's word. And, uh, I, I wanted to, to have what she had. And so it was really cool. And, uh, we moved to Illinois and and uh, going through junior high and high school. We connected with a great church. My dad came to Christ and, uh, but sports became my identity. And, um, you know, just kind of, I'd go to church, but wasn't really connected and growing spiritually. And we got a new youth pastor at our church, my junior year in high school. And, uh, he was always trying to get me to come, but, uh, I grew up wanting to be a meteorologist, Paul, and, uh, wow, will love the weather channel and they have all the weather apps, you know? Um, and so I, so I graduated high school and was going to go to a certain college, be a meteorologist. And my youth pastor got me to go to a Christ in youth conference. I had never even been on a retreat. I've never been on any, you know, student youth group trips. So I went to this in Milligan uh, College down in Tennessee. I uh-huh. just started to work in my life and in my heart. And I remember being in the balcony in this Uh, speaker was given incredible message he gave an invitation and hundreds of students at that time like my peers coming to receive jesus Mm -hmm. and i just felt like the lord just whispered that's what i want you to be about and so uh right there i committed my life to go into uh youth ministry i talked to my um you know my my pastor and, and youth pastor and And, um, and I said, what do I do now? Like, I'm already enrolled at a college. (laughs) They had all gone to Ozark Christian college. And I'm like, where is that? They're like Joplin, Missouri. So I enrolled, (laughs) I enrolled in June was there in July or like got accepted in July and was there in August. Wow. And then I, you know, studied and my first ministry was in Ohio and, and um, man, it's been an incredible journey.
0: Wow, David, that's fantastic. I love that you were going to be a, a meteorologist. I was, going to be, I was going to be a professional bowler. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was on the
1: list. I mean, you know? how great is a sport where you can eat nachos while still bowling?
0: And wear crazy pants. Yes. Sometimes. I mean, I think that's, that's about as close to youth ministry as you get, eating nachos <laughs> and wearing crazy pants. <laughs> well, David, we, we got you here today to talk about This great survey that uh, Lead Two Twenty Two has put together, and I want you guys—I want you to come in and just tell me where did this come from? Where where were we? Yeah, what what were you trying to? How what was the impetus for uh, for this survey?
1: Yeah, yeah, great, great question, Paul. We so we had been hearing, you know, data from Barna, you know, especially in twenty twenty one about you know twenty nine percent of pastors thinking about getting out of ministry and. And then it just kept rising. And then we heard it early 2022, 20, 42%. And we just really felt like, what would that be within youth ministry? Because it was always, you know, more broad. And so we just felt, let's let's kind of dive in. And, you know, coming out of COVID, you know, there's a lot of things we're learning. But let's get a pulse of where youth pastors are in all of this, and so we partnered with the National Network of Youth Ministry, and, and we, you know, took a survey, and you know, we found out that 60% of youth pastors that took our survey had thought about leaving their current ministry over the last year, and uh, and so it was obviously, you know, a little uh, alarming, and so we were able to have a deeper dive into a lot of this, and so that's kind of the origin behind that too.
0: Well, yeah, and I, and I just saw a video recently where, um, and it was a, I believe it was a staffing uh, ministry that did it, was talking about the great need that that so many youth pastors have left that they're finding, churches are finding it hard to staff their churches. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing the same? Oh, word? yeah,
1: yeah. So, you know, LEAD Two Twenty Two that uh, I serve with is a youth ministry coaching and mentoring organization. So we coach and mentor youth pastors. To lead healthy lives, families, and ministries, and but something that I started and uh, lead two years ago was the staffing division. So I help churches hire youth pastors, and um, and, and then we coach them, mentor them. But yeah, Paul, I mean, what I've seen too within this journey the last two years of you know the pool has definitely shrunk, right? And not only has it has it shrunk, there are more youth pastors getting out of youth ministry than are are getting in but also too you know coming out of COVID there's a lot of you know even where people are saying hey if I'm going to take a new ministry I actually just want it in my geographical area I want to live close to home so then it's become even geographically um, you know hard to find because people are only wanting to live in a certain area as well
0: yeah yeah yeah, that's definitely a, definitely a piece of the puzzle there, which makes it hard for uh, you know staffing groups, but also you know churches. You know, I, I don't know how many churches look locally versus nationally. Um, you know, from their you know for their youth pastors. Right. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of raising up from within too. By the way, that's I think that's you know always. If you if you've had a great youth ministry or young people in your church grow up and they're still there, I mean, put them to work. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they know your church better than anybody. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen, you know, we've come alongside, you know, some churches that has happened and oh, wow. that's great. And, that uh, is. and it was actually great to have an outside, you know, you know, staffing place too to affirm what they're seeing as well. Uh, so that, that has happened, but it is, you know, not as common probably as it should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back to your, your thought here on 60% thought about leaving in your in your stats there in the survey. Uh, and then later on, you know, 21% thought about leaving the ministry altogether. What were some of my original question to you was, you know, yeah. why are you know, some people staying? And we kind of discussed that too, that, you know, there's some people that are just are there. It could be for all kinds of reasons. Financially, there's not another job opening. There's not something closer to where they want to live. But of those 60% that thought about leaving of the 21 that thought about leaving, uh, 21% thought about leaving ministry altogether. What was some of the reasons that they, that they gave for that, that they wanted to leave?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, some of them are a lack of care. You know, I, I think there's just, a, an area where, um, the churches, you know, unfortunately are moving very fast and, um, there's just a lack of care. That's that's happening, and and many are feeling that. Um, I think there's a lack of clear vision coming out of COVID. Um, you know, I think there's there's a lot of churches that that are um, stepping on the gas. They're trying to get back the numbers that were pre-COVID, and um, and because of that, I, I think. Um, They really just haven't honed in on, you know, a clear vision of where we're going and it's just kind of playing catch up mode. And so I think a lot of youth pastors, youth ministries are struggling because they had a a certain kind of plan, you know, before COVID and then it changed. Right. And then you're navigating all these Zooms and different things and, you know, you're amping up all your online ministry Well, there was never really a lot of conversations to be like coming out of COVID of like, hey, what should be dropped? What, what, what? We need to evaluate, you know, these things that we added, rather than you know, taken away. So there's a lot of things that have been added, but yet they're still just trying to, to do all of those things, and so there's a lack of clear, you know, vision from that. And I think there's you know, some of the things too that we're hearing and seeing is a loss of passion for their calling. Mm. And,
0: Unpack and that, that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think as, as youth pastors, you know, one of the things that we love is to be able to relationally disciple and connect and come alongside students, right? Well, COVID hit and it totally changed. You know how we did youth ministry. There we missed a lot of the retreats. We we had to cancel mission trips. We the small groups looked different. So, you know, one of the things that happened is there was a there was a lack of fruit that we got to be a part of. And so when you're not seeing the fruit, all of a sudden, and there's still high expectations, and there's still things that you know, being asked to do. I think there's just a little bit of a passion um, that was lost in the shuffle in these last few years, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, the things that, that get, your, um, get, your, get your blood going, right? Yeah. And I think you say this in the survey, right? You say that, there's, that the impact that, that youth pastors want to make, they don't feel like they're making that because of certain dynamics, whether that's numeric dynamics, the numbers are down. So, you know, I'm not getting my dopamine, my dopamine levels up. Uh, So there's not a lot of reason to push in uh, to, to, you know, like if we're not having the retreat, or if I can't have a dozen or 15 or 25 or 30 on the retreat, like I used to, you know, on this, on this thing, then maybe it's not, maybe it's not worth doing. And so, you know, you know, COVID becomes that great, you know, BCAD type of line, right? Where there's there's before COVID and after COVID type of line, like you said, where, you know, where, where expectations, the, the same expectations you had before COVID followed over into that. And when it didn't go back to, to ground zero, go back to normal, some sort of normalcy, then you're saying that a lot of youth pastors said, yeah, this is uh, this is not what I, you know, I signed up to make an impact. I signed up to, you know, to do the thing and the thing's not happening.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, you know, as we, as we kind of, you know, looked at all of the data, you know, that came out of the survey and um, you know, and, and we also then talked with youth pastors, we interviewed youth pastors, we, we interviewed senior leaders and, and so forth. And, you know, I think there was a few insights that, that really rose to the surface from the data and, you know, a few of them I'll share with you is, is you know, there's a giant shift happening within the church that has revealed uh, vastly different generational values, expectations, and ministry philosophies between youth workers and senior leaders. And so what I what we found is, you know, a lot of the senior leaders are of the older generation. So you've got Gen X, you've got boomers.
0: Careful, and, now, careful.
1: Yeah, I'm a Gen Xer, so. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got so you've got um, you know younger leaders that yes. are Gen Z, millennials, yes. and and what we found like with that older generation, there's still the industrial age mindset, mm-hmm. right? And yep. with this younger generation, you've got more of a digital age mindset and. Both, like even the industrial age mindset that that served the church really well. Yeah. But what's happening is there's just generational gaps. And so the values and different things are clashing right now. And so when they are clashing, where the data rises to the top, where a lot of people feel frustrated is because they're not able to get on the same page. Okay, they're not able to have clear and realistic expectations. And so my encouragement to, you know, youth workers out there that are listening, that might feel that way, is um, we also have a responsibility to lead up. And and that means being able to say, I'm going to have a conversation with my supervisor, and to be able to hash this out like here's the reality that i'm in and i'm feeling this x right and being able to like okay in the the reality of i'm in the expectations i have are this can we talk about that what really is realistic in this environment right now can we get on the same page with that and when youth workers have done that it really has helped be able to then like okay i can take a deep breath Maybe I'm not, you know, like my my job's not in jeopardy as much as I think, and but we can get on the same page, so that's a that's a big deal. The second thing is, there's a lack of organizational health within churches that has led to too many issues that are taxing on youth workers. Okay, so yeah, there yeah. is there is a piece where there has been unhealth, and we can't one oh, right, like we can't discredit that. Um,
0: I've are, been in them. I can. I, I, I can testify. <laughs> That's yeah, a whole other podcast, though. That's a whole other episode. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Paul, but it, it
1: there is such truth to that, and gosh, if you're in that, um, you know, we get it. We understand, and those are things that you have to really pray about and discern and seek wise counsel, and and, and so forth to seek healthy next steps. Um, But there's a reality there that that's happening. And, you know, those are things that we have to wrestle with as a church. Like, how can we improve the health of my team? How can we improve the health of my church? So that's a reality that we found in the survey. The third thing is that youth workers feel overworked, undercompensated, and underdeveloped by their leadership. And, uh, And then the fourth one was COVID has compounded, not created all three of these issues.
0: That's right. That's right. Those, those issues existed long before COVID, oh, yep. and COVID and COVID, I would go so far as to say as exposed it. Yes. Exposed it for what it was, uh, which was pastors and other staff and other people talking past each other uh, on the grind, uh, you know, production, right. You make an illustration in the survey talking about how Ford, you know, came up with a great way back in the industrial days yeah. to produce a car right? And there's a lot of pastors who bought into that from those from those generations of how to mass produce something without having too much conversation, right? Yeah. The things yeah. are doing the work, the machines are doing the work, we're producing cars, and we put them out into the world. And uh, and so when you say that, uh, you know, the, the, that, that these, you know, pre-COVID, that COVID what COVID did was reveal these things that are already, it didn't start it, it didn't create it, uh, but is actually revealing you know, what's happening. And and I don't know what the, you know, the, well, let's go to, let's go to the one you talk about being overworked, uh, yeah. but youth youth workers are saying overworked. And I understand that, but i watched a video recently too of uh, Simon Sinek. Mm. And Simon Sinek uh, is a great author, great business leader, mind thinker. And he said one of his or, or several of his employees, or, or one of his employees was leaving and cited that they're being overworked. And he said to himself overworked, I said, I know what you do all day. <laughs> why, why are you why are you over, Why are you overworked? But that being said, uh, I know and understand uh, the overwork part. So, what is a good workload then? So, youth pastors are listening. They're they're trying to determine: Am I being overworked, right, yeah. for for the amount of compensation I have, or for the for the hours or the contract or whatever it is they signed up for? So, what is then if you can describe a good workload for a youth worker, and how much are youth workers saying yes and staying saying no, and and how much responsibility should a lead pastor take in balancing that workload? So, if you can break some of that down, I, I'm I'm sure that the yeah. listeners are going they have they have pen in hand, Dave. Oh. Right now, they're saying, "Let me take notes on this." Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, I think you know, as I coach and mentor, you know, youth pastors. Um, you know, I, I do hear this. So not only is it, I, we saw it in the data and I'm seeing it as I coach and mentor and I'm sure you are too, Paul. And, you know, and you hear about lots of events and programs and, and churches trying to get back to numbers that were, you know, pre-COVID, they're pressing on the gas to get there. And, you know, we we always said like there are certain seasons in youth ministry, right? That you just know are going to be busier than others. And then yep. it's really trying to like, take the pendulum and swing it back and make sure that, you know, the next season you get time that it's not like that, because if every season is busy, that will lead to burnout. Okay. You, you just can't have every season, you know, be at a pace that's unsustainable. Right. And so um, I think that's where it really comes down to, man, I have to improve my time management. I have to take, Ownership. Now, listen, who's responsibility? I think it's everybody's. I think it's, you know, a supervisor being able to ask really good questions and and to um, hold somebody accountable and to encourage and to and to help um, in all of that. And if you're not sharing some of that with your supervisor, you need to you need to be sharing um, on some of that. And if there are things that you struggle with on getting things done, then seek a mentor. Seek a coach. There are a lot of people that do time management really, really well that yeah. can come alongside us. Yep. Um, but we have to take ownership of our calendar. Everybody's given the same amount of time. We'll and so, um, but I would say, you know, like it, we don't need to be lazy. We have to work hard, but do it in a healthy way. But I think it comes down to what's an appropriate workload. I think it's, it's, you know, for me, like a, a barometer for me, my wife will tell me. Like, you know, she like she'll tell me too, like, hey, you you're working too much. You know, you know, so that's a barometer. Maybe a barometer is um, you know, your supervisor. Um, there's a, a mentor coach. So you got to have some accountability in place and managing if it's just becoming, oh man, I'm working 60, 70 hours all the time. Well, that's yeah, not yeah. sustainable. Okay. No.
0: No, as, especially you said for those who are married with children, mm-hmm. the wife will tell you that there are things getting undone. Yes. Why is the why is the door still creaking? Why have you not replaced the broken blinds? Why have you why, why is yeah. this thing a mess? Why yeah. is why is the car falling apart? Yeah. And and we put as youth workers, men especially a lot of uh, time in job identity and yeah. trying to do a good job and trying mm-hmm. to work and trying to do all those things and uh, and we tend to ignore maybe some things in the home front but you're you're absolutely right that uh, that that needs to be how they how youth workers that are listening can scale their their jobs appropriately to where the workload is not causing such, chaos in the home. I would say that's probably a good indicator is when you start seeing chaos in your home, you might be spending too much time at work because some things didn't get handled. And I'd also put in there, listen, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're watching six hours of Netflix a day, stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. Okay. I know you want, you need, I know you need all this time, but listen, you can't, you can't run if your ministry, if your church is asking you to do X amount of work, you, yeah. you can't spend all that time in in whatever it is, whatever you enjoy. And I made mean, Netflix is the big joke, but but anything that you're doing, um, yeah. over that you're overdoing, probably yeah. in the sense that you need more recreation or me time or that kind of thing, you have to put in balance what the expect what the real expectations, not even not even like overwork expectations, just your real expectations that are being expected of you to show up to meetings, to have the once a quarter outreach you have to plan and you have to have the thing. So Dave, you're exactly right. You got to balance those things out. Yeah, you
1: do. You know, and if you have, you know, if you have signs where you're having trouble sleeping, um, you know, there's, you know, anxiety, you're not eating well, you're not exercising. Listen, you know, guys, gals listening, we have to own to healthy lifestyles um, and, and and to implement that, and sometimes if we need to schedule in our calendar going to the gym, we need to do it and tell our supervisor, "Hey, here's why I'm doing this. You know, I'm still getting my stuff done, but I'm prioritizing this." So some of it just comes down to really being disciplined and growing in our disciplines, um, you know, to to do that well.
0: Yeah, you can't. And youth pastors, that's why they tell you on on uh, in airplanes. Put the mask on yourself first and then put it on your child because if you are unable to help, you're not going to be able to, if you're not functioning right, you can't help anybody else. So you've got to figure out your stuff so that you can be able to help the students that you lead. And if you're not paying attention to yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not organizing your life in such a way that you are able to feed yourself, I mean, look, you, you can get your church to buy your gym membership if you want to put it under you know, uh, your, your budget for the, mm. all that matters. And just say, look, that's just part of, of, a, of lifestyle ministry of lifestyle. Uh, listen, we want to you know contribute to that and say, Hey, go to the gym, you know, once a month or once a week or whatever you want to do so that you can come in and be ready and healthy uh, mentally and spiritually and physically to, to do the tasks that we're asked to do, you know, put it under educational budget, or whatever line item, <laughs> whatever wow. line, evangelism, as long as you share the gospel at the <laughs> gym, <laughs> that's an evangelism program right. okay so just put it under that line item and you'll be you'll be just fine um let's jump into real quick one you said that you know you talk about what kind of coaching that people need uh or looking for 28 like you said are not being developed and like you said it, across the board that's a a desire for us to be developed we got to look for it. Mm-hmm. B. The pastor has to take a responsibility for their staff to develop them and be in relationship with them. What are they looking for in the coaching? You think? What do you think when they they say, "Look, uh, you know, what will a coach do for them that maybe they're not getting even in their own home front?" Yeah.
1: No, I mean i I think that's a that's such a great question, and i and I really um, you know hope too that churches will be. Um, wrestling with this too, because the it's both sides again, you know, Paul. Of as far as making sure leadership development um, is taking place, sometimes I think the church can tend to side too much towards leadership development rather than, you know, really like discipleship development. Um,
0: a great distinction you make, by the way. And the, there's a, in the show notes, by the way, there's a link to this survey, as I said at the beginning of the show but it's important to bring that back around that you make a great point in the, in the uh, survey itself about leadership and discipleship. So Mm -hmm. please continue. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and so I think that's a, that's a big deal. So, you know, here in lead, we talk about inside game and outside game and inside game is, is our heart, our relationship with the Lord. And if we're married, um, it's our, you know, our marriage. And so Part of that coaching is, man, you know, if I am not right spiritually, and if my marriage is is not uh, healthy, and and I'm dating my spouse and and growing in that, Paul, like so many other things, just don't go well. Um, and a lot of a lot of times, unfortunately, those people don't end up in ministry very long, right? Yeah. So the inside game is so important. And so that's why our encouragement, you know, to each and every one of us, and, and myself, is, man, I've got to be pursuing Jesus, and I have to take ownership of that. The church is not responsible for my walk with Jesus. I have to own that. Yeah, and that means too that I need to be disciplined. That it, my only time with the Lord is not my sermon prep or my my weekday, you know, you know, midweek prep for Wednesday night you know, Bible study, I, I've got to be having that with the Lord and growing. And then I, I need to be growing my marriage as well. And then the outside game is our ministry practical skills. How can we grow as a youth pastor? How can we grow in our, you know, you know, skills um, to, to make kingdom impact, to reach more students for Jesus? And some of that is, you know, evaluation. It's what are my strengths and weaknesses? Um, you know, and being able to evaluate all of that and to be open to saying, hey, these are areas I need to grow in and asking my supervisor, hey, how can I grow in this? Um, Or seeking out, you know, a coach and mentor. Hey, these are the areas I need to grow and develop in. So some of it is we need to communicate um, and have these conversations with our supervisor. Some of it we need to own, and some of it is on the church to help all of us continue uh, to grow and develop. So we're not, um, so people aren't leaving, you know, or cycling through. And some of it is just care, Paul. Like some of us, I think some of it too, that people are seeking is, man, I'm just not part of the, the cog in the wheel. Like you actually care about me as a person and what I'm doing. Gosh, when I'm cared for, it's like, Wow, we can go conquer a lot of things.
0: The uh, uh, is so right about that, and I think the discipleship part, which I tend to focus on heavily uh, in my ministry, is because you know when you're a student, you know you have your youth pastor, you can have a small group leader, you could have you know these jobs and opportunities within the youth. Again, you, your greatest opportunity for discipleship or being discipled, is when you're a young person because it seems to shift, Yeah. When you get to a certain phase, you've gone. You know, you grow up. You you do your four years of college. You get educated, so forth. You go back into a church. I would say that the that the uh, the bread is not quite done yet at age twenty two to twenty seven. That in that age range, it still needs some time in the oven. And, And and discipleship is an is something you have to submit yourself to it has to be on your part, right? Like you said, you got to own it. You got to say, look, I have to be, I need to find a way. I need to be in a small group. I need to be under somebody's leadership. I need to, I can't just keep going like I'm going. I have to find a way to be in and find ways to, to, for somebody to disciple me. And Mm -hmm. yes, that comes through coaching. Sometimes, sometimes your coach is your discipler as well. Mm -hmm. They tell you when you're off the track, they tell you when you're spending too much time doing something. They tell you when your schedule's out of whack. You know that some of those things because a lot of youth pastors can't talk to anybody in the church. They can't. They don't. They don't want. They don't um, want people in the church exactly. knowing their business.
1: Yep. That's and why so, outside source is so important on that. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. And so and and the and you know when they're not being when, and and they and the, the one part is they've got to own it and they got to do it. But listen, if you're a pastor listening, please, by all that is holy and good, if you have a young person between between the ages of 22 and 28 or even 30 that are are just new or getting into this thing, please take them under your wing. Don't just teach them skills, but care about their life, care about what they're doing, care about their hobbies, what makes them tick, be kind to them everything can't be the bottom line all the time these folks growing up in the church need to see that you care otherwise you are setting yourself up to to lose these students and and be disenchanted quite frankly so well said
1: that's what we're seeing that's that's you know and and that's where um you know like is the data alarming yes but we're we're still so hopeful right this is the bride of christ the church yeah, yeah. but we also you know we also need to recognize hey here's what the reality is right now and maybe there are things that we just need to address and some of it is being able to like let's actually slow down for a second and really evaluate get healthy and when we can as a team as a church we can then really press on the gas and go after it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. we just, maybe there's a, a season where we really like, all right, we're going to seek the Lord as a team. We're going to ask, you know, questions, you know, and, and, and really understand the times that we're in right now. Um, so I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Let me offer one last question. One last one is this is 40, 42.9% of these youth workers surveyed said they were leaving because of unclear expectations, which may have a lot to do with the 33% wow. leaving due to burnout. So how can youth workers do a better job of clarifying what their job roles are?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I I've asked a lot of youth pastors, you know, that I coach, Hey, do you have a clear job description? And many of them are like, Actually, I haven't even seen it in a long time. <laughs> you know, so I think I think it's it's being able to talk with your supervisor too. Like, what is what is my clear job description? And you know, you might have you might have gone into uh, youth ministry uh, and before COVID <laughs> and had a job description, and now coming out of it, it it could look a little different. So you might want to walk. We're
0: non-existent.
1: From, yeah. You might want to walk through that with your supervisor and say, hey, like, let's walk through this. What is a clear, realistic job description now in this new environment that we are in and that we're on the same page with? And yeah. I think that would be a really helpful process, um, you know, to go through. And so, again, some of that is is just leading up, making sure there's no surprises, what's happening, Um and, and I think that will serve you really, really well. You know, I think, too, um, it's building a healthy volunteer team with clear objectives on what their role is, um, spiritual disciplines, making sure that we have a healthy lifestyle, um, because it's our responsibility to stay healthy. But I, I, would, I would say those, Paul.
0: Yeah, yeah. And th- those will definitely lead you, I think, too. They go hand in hand with avoiding burnout. Yeah. If you don't want to, if you want to avoid the burnout, then clear expectations. I think clear expectations are clear expectations are the oil and the grease that eliminates the friction. If you're mm. always in self doubt, if you're always wondering what what you're supposed to be doing, if you always feel like you're failing because yeah. all that stuff, man, that's just I think that's a huge contributor to um, to folks finding their way out of the ministry because it's just too frustrating. You yeah. just can't. It's a puzzle you can't figure out. Yeah, uh, but Dave, thank you so much for your time today, man. I appreciate yeah. you taking time uh, to get on here and talk with us. And uh, any any last uh, encouragements you want to leave uh, uh, leave our our yeah. listeners today?
1: You know, I mean, I, I just want to encourage everyone listening. And I'm so thankful for you and what you do. You know, um, I, I've been a youth pastor for many years. I'm also now a father of three teenagers. And, you know, knowing uh, the youth ministry that's impacting my kids, it's it's amazing. And, and I'm so grateful. So keep um, going, you know, don't give up. You know we're 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 in a spiritual battle, and it's and it's real. And he wants to come and discourage you, um, discredit, and bring all of that. But listen, you are making a difference, um, and and just encourage you pursue Jesus, pursue him, and let him be the your identity, uh, where you get affirmation. And uh, because we're gonna have seasons, it's gonna be up and it's going to be down but what's going to sustain us is our relationship with him and so uh, keep going
0: that's it Dave well, well said well said sir um, where can people reach out to you if they're interested in uh, talking more about lead 222 if they want to talk to you if they want to if they're interested in coaching where can they uh, when they where can they get a hold of you
1: yeah, you can check out our website, lead222.com. And uh, the 222 is based off of second 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, uh, Paul pouring into Timothy. And now I've entrusted it to you, go pour it to others. And so um, that's the genesis behind um, that. And so you can check out our website. You can email me, dave at lead222.com. And I'd uh, love to, to help in any way. You can, Paul, uh, you can put uh, the survey link uh available to everybody love for people to check out the the report we did and and uh paul thank you for um all the the work that you do and and your ministry and encouragement to to all the youth pastors and youth workers out there as well
0: well it is my pleasure to do and i thank you for joining in on our conversation and encouraging the youth workers listening today but that's it for today guys thank you so much for listening today and don't forget uh youth pastors if nobody's told you lately you're doing a great job let me tell you you're doing a great job and you're just going to get better